Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. I am just going to jump into the deep end of the pool with this message because uh, this was supposed to be two messages, but because I went off topic for two weeks, I've got to condense this down to one. So let me say this. I have good news and I have bad news. Which of you like the good news before the bad news? Would you just put your hand up both campuses? Okay. Which of you like to hear the bad news before the good news? Okay, good. That's what you're getting. That's, that's really good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Here's the bad news. You are a fool. You are. So am I. Good news. Just not all the time. Bad news. You, my friend, are a certifiable grade A fool. Good news. Not all the time. Within every one of us, we have the sage, the wise one, and the fool. Both of those come out of us from time to time in varying ways. Some pretty, some not so pretty. And what I want to do with this message is we're going to take this time together and talk through and walk through some of the behaviors the Bible ascribes to the fool. And the title of this message is The Ways of the Fool. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you eight behaviors of the fool according to Scripture, and I'm not going to try and teach you how not to do it, okay? I trust that you are a mature adult and know what to do about what I share with you. But here is my number one goal in walking through these behaviors of the fool, to get you to recognize them so that when you're operating in them, you will stop. This is deep, huh? It's really deep. We all have some fool in us. And you're going to see some of these behaviors of the fool are a lot more dangerous than others. But here's what I don't want you to do before I start in, into this, all right? I do not want you to listen to this message and take notes for someone in your life, okay? I do not want, when we get to a certain sub point, I do not want you to start circling and we're just huge, just over and over and accidentally let your elbow fly into your spouse's rib cage, okay? Because this message is not about the fools around you. This message is about the fool residing in you. And listen to me. You cannot kill the fool in you. You cannot. This message is not about killing the fool. You can't. As long as you have flesh, you will have a proclivity for foolishness. So you can't kill the fool. But the goal is to lock him up. To shut him up. And to keep him out of the way of all that God has for you in this lifetime. So, let's jump in. I'm going to give you kind of three behavioral umbrellas that the Bible points to as it relates to the fool. And here's the first one. Point number one. A fool is decidedly immature. A fool is decidedly 
immature. Now, I'm going to give you four behaviors beneath this behavioral umbrella that are all linked to immaturity. Here's the first one. The Bible says a fool is reckless and careless. Reckless and careless. Proverbs 14, verse 16. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Okay, what do those two words mean? I'll give you my definition for each one. Reckless means to move forward in spite of the consequences. Careless means to move forward not considering the consequences. Now think about this. See this from time to time. Somebody, uh, they want something. They, They know God has established a boundary in their life, but what is on the other side of that boundary appears so great that every once in a while we're tempted to just burst through the boundary in an attempt to go get what we think is so great on the other side. That's reckless. We know there's going to be a consequence, right? But for some reason we've made this thing on the other side of the boundary so great that we will recklessly burst through the boundary to get it. On the flip side of that coin, someone who's careless, someone who doesn't even think through the consequences is just as dangerous. Now, I'm not going to do this with every subpoint because there will be a message on the behaviors of the sage, the wise person, but I'll say this as it relates to this specific subpoint. A wise person considers the possibilities, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It isn't in your notes. A wise person considers the possibilities, the ramifications, and the consequences before acting. That's what a wise person does. They think through what might happen. All right? So they think through the ramifications, the possibilities, and the consequences before they act. The Bible says a fool doesn't do any of that. They just go. And here's what concerns me in the church world. Some believers call that faith. Going without thinking is not faith. Following the Holy Spirit, not knowing where it will lead, is faith. But going recklessly or carelessly is not faith. A fool is reckless and careless. Here's the second behavior underneath this umbrella of immaturity. The Bible says a fool has a refusal to own. A refusal to own. Now, I'm not talking about leasing versus buying, okay? I'm talking about when you make a mistake. The Bible says a fool refuses to own their mistakes. Proverbs 19, verse 13. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And then they're angry at the Lord. Okay, this is what a fool does. A fool refuses to own anything related to their mistakes. Now, how do you know you have a refusal to own. There are two things that pop up in your life on a consistent basis, blame and excuses. You know you have a refusal to own when you operate in blame or excuses. When you mess up, when there's a mistake, when you fall short of a goal, if the first words out of your mouth involve somebody else's name, that's the blame game. And if you operate in this way, you need to understand, as long as you desire to play the blame game, you will lose in life. How about this? Excuses. 
You fall short of your goal, first thing out of your mouth. Well, see, the thing is, the reason was, okay, this is a really important lesson that Holly and I work really hard to teach our kids. They, they live in a day where pretty much you can come up with any excuse and it, you know, people just say, well, if that's the way you feel, that's okay. No, that's not true. Truth is truth. Truth is not relative. Okay? So it's our responsibility as parents to help our children learn to discern truth, especially about themselves. Okay? But here's what we try and, and teach our kids. This is a conversation we're constantly having. This is not good English, I'll just say that, but I'm from Texas, and, and so it will make sense that I don't use good English, all right? But here's what we teach our kids. It is never, always, everybody else's fault. It is never, always, everybody else's fault. When I ask my children, hey, what'd you get on that test? And the first words out of their mouth are, daddy, that teacher is the hardest grader in the whole school. Yeah, I didn't ask that. Like, that, that wasn't my question. What did you get on the test? Daddy, nobody got an A on this test. Okay, I already know kind of where we're about to fall when we start with those two things, right? But they came from me, so I, I, I don't expect too much, all right? I'm just saying, you know, street smart. I, I prayed for wisdom on the street, not in the book, and he gave it to me. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Daddy, nobody did well on this test. I didn't ask that. I asked how you did on this test. See, it's simple things like that, trying to teach our children to take ownership of their mistakes. And here's why. If you won't own your mistakes, I guarantee you, you will repeat them. That brings us to the next behavior of the fool. A fool repeats folly. The Bible says a fool repeats folly. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. This is kind of disgusting. Like a dog that returns to his vomit. And do you know what the implication is there? That the dog eats it. Not just goes and looks at it. The dog goes and eats it. I'm just going to waller in this for a minute, okay? It's disgusting, isn't it? Like a dog that returns to his vomit, rolls around in it, and swallows it, is a fool who repeats his folly. See, some of us are, are under the impression, because we don't think we're as smart as everyone else, that a fool is someone who makes mistakes. A fool is not someone who makes mistakes. A fool is someone who repeats mistakes. Okay, now think about this. When you started to get the picture of your dog throwing up, leaving the room, coming back, rolling around in it, and then eating it, you're like, Preston, move on. That's disgusting. Now think about this. Is that a pretty picture? Have you ever seen a Hallmark movie start off with that as scene number one? That's how you know it's not a pretty picture. Okay? Think about this. If you're that disgusted about the first half of that verse, why wouldn't you be just as disgusted about the second half? God is. A fool repeats their folly. 
Now, I'm not attacking, and, and listen, there may be a few moments in this message where you feel like I'm attacking you. I assure you, I'm not, okay? But you need to understand, I am attacking the fool in you. Because the Bible is so clear about how destructive a fool is. I love you too much not to attack the fool in you and in me. Okay? So let me, let me use just a, a fairly specific example. Let's say you've been married four times. And you've had three divorces. And each divorce was brought on by the same behavior, the same foolish behavior. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result, right? Okay. Well, what does love do? I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad if they've been married multiple times. Here's what I'm trying to say. I love you so much, I want you to last until the end with your spouse. But until you take a look at that behavior, you are running the risk of replaying the same movie over and over again. A wise person takes a look at their folly and does something about it. The Bible says a fool does not and is happy to repeat it. Here's the fourth behavior under the umbrella of immaturity. The Bible says a fool is quick to slander. A fool is quick to slander. Now, most people would say that a, a, a generally acceptable definition of the word slander would be malicious lying. That when you maliciously lie about someone, that's slander. Well, I don't know if you know this, but in God's family, the bar is always higher than it is for everybody else. So while in the world, we might say that slander is malicious lying, in God's family, here's what I think is the best definition of the word slander. And remember, the bar is set high. Here it is. Slander is the unnecessarily negative talking about someone Christ died for. Slander is the unnecessarily negative talking about someone Christ died for. But Preston, the other day, when I was saying those things about that person, what you don't understand is everything I was saying was true. That doesn't make it right. To God, Slander is not about true or false. Slander is about negative or positive, whether it builds up or tears down. And if it tears down, even behind the person's back, that is slander. And from time to time, I don't know why this happens, but in the lobby after a service, I'll get someone that comes up to me who starts slandering another pastor in another church. And I kind of get it because they probably think that I see the other pastors as competition and the other churches as opposing teams like we're the Yankees and everybody else are the Red Sox or we're the Cowboys is probably a more godly way to say it. And everybody else <laughs> is all the other bad teams, you know, that actually is pretty good. I, I, I'm going to pray about that. <laughs> but they'll come up to me and they'll, they'll start slandering a pastor or another church and, and Listen, I, I want to show you one verse of scripture because I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad or guilty or embarrassed if they've done that to me. I promise. 
But with every person who's tried to do that with me, they've all gotten the same response. I've made them feel incredibly awkward. I'm not trying to embarrass them in any way, but I am trying to make them feel awkward. And there is one verse that serves as my motivation, and I hope you will appreciate this coming from the senior pastor of this church. Let me just read it to you. It's as straightforward as it comes. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Let's just take a quick vote, both campuses. How many of us want a wrongdoing, lying senior pastor in this church? I didn't think so. Okay, listen. How do we get rid of slander in the house of the Lord? We remember that verse. That wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Only a fool does that. Only a fool does that. Proverbs 10 verse 18 says, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. It's black and white. It's cut and dry. Fools are slanderous. Let's move to the second behavioral umbrella that the Bible talks about in regards to fools. Point number two, a fool is destructively unmotivated. A fool is destructively unmotivated. Now, two behaviors here that I, I want to cover. Here's the first one, laziness. The Bible says a fool is lazy. Now, let me say this at the onset, that it is uh, the best word I could use is probably difficult, uh, challenging. You, you can insert any word like it. It's difficult and challenging to be a Christ follower and be lazy. But it is impossible, absolutely impossible to be a kingdom builder and be lazy. See, it's one thing to be a Christ follower. It's another thing to be a kingdom builder. It's hard to be a Christ follower and be lazy. But it's impossible to be a kingdom builder and be lazy. Now, I, I felt as I was preparing this week for this message that the Lord gave me a picture of somebody specific for this point. And so I, I want to be very delicate and very sensitive because I'm not trying to make anybody feel lazy. That's not really what this point is about. But the picture I feel like I got was a mom with several kids who... Uh, is really feeling, hearing the voice of the enemy saying, you're just lazy, good for nothing, just attacking you in your mind and in your heart and your emotions in regards to laziness. So if that's you or you're anywhere near that type of situation, I want to help you understand something. There is a difference between lethargic and lazy. And you need to understand the difference between the two. Because if you don't, you will buy into the lie that you're lazy. Here's the difference. Lethargy says, I don't have the energy to do it. Laziness says, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't want to. With that tone, with that attitude, okay. So mom, who's got several kids under the age of seven and is worn down, exhausted, and being beaten down by the enemy that you're lazy, you're lazy, you're lazy, you're not lazy, you're lethargic. Well, Preston, what's the difference? When you're lethargic, you just need to fuel up. 
When you're lazy, you got to do a lot more than that. When it's about lethargy, you just got to put some fuel in your tank. See, most of us think that the way to overcome laziness is just get up and do what I'm supposed to do. I'm actually not saying that. What I'm saying is when you feel lethargic, when you don't have the energy to do what you know needs to be done, before you even get up to do it, here's what you need to do. Put some fuel in your tank. And it will actually be easier to do what you know needs to be done. The Bible clearly talks to us about how destructive laziness is. Proverbs 18 verse 9. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. That's strong. Proverbs 132. For simpletons turn away from wisdom to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Okay, listen, you may be in a season where you're feeling lethargic. That's okay. It doesn't make you bad and it doesn't make you weak. Is a car bad because it's on empty? No, it just needs to be fueled up, filled up, right? Okay, but here's what you need to understand. Lethargy leads to laziness when there's no fuel. Lethargy leads to laziness when there's no fuel. And God's word says, hey, listen, when you step into the land of the lazy, Preston, it is destructively dangerous. You better be careful. Don't let your lethargy turn into laziness. Here's the second behavior underneath this unmotivated behavior of the fool. The Bible says the fool feeds on trash. The fool feeds on trash. Proverbs 15, verse 14. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. Okay, has anybody ever done a study on the Hebrew word for trash? Anybody? Okay, I have. Here's the Hebrew word for trash. So shall media. Okay, two things. Let's just, you know, address the elephant in the room. That was the cheesiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> the second thing, though, is you picked up on it really quickly. Like, I'm really impressed you tracked. That, that's, that's, you know, I love you people. I just do. But let me say this. Because I know we, we have some social media influencers who call this church home. I am not saying that social media is bad. Okay? There's an element of social media that is really good that can be used for building up God's kingdom. So uh, hear my heart. I'm not saying it's bad. Here's what's bad. Four hours a day of it. Four hours a day. Listen, is bluebell ice cream a good thing? You better believe it's a good thing. If you don't think so, I'm not sure that you are on the straight and narrow path. <laughs> I really mean that. If you do not believe that that recipe was inspired by God, that recipe in my world is like the 67th book of the Bible. Okay, now we're getting a little heretical, but you, you get my point, okay? Is it a good thing? Sure. In my world, it's one of my favorite things. But if I sit down and have four tubs of it, is that good? Why? Here's the principle. 
a good thing can quickly become a bad thing when I overindulge in it. Right? Okay, social media. Feeding on trash. Well, Preston, in my world, you know, my definition of trash is rated our movies and pornography and all of those bad things. You know, even when, when beer commercials during football games come on, I turn my head. That's great. That's great. If, if that's your conviction, that's great. But listen to me. Spending hours on social media can be just as bad or worse than any of that. Because overindulging in something, but Preston, I'm keeping up with my friends from high school. Really, that's what you're gonna go with? Okay, that works for the first 30 minutes. Well, Preston, I don't really spend that much time. Okay, well, let, let's have a little, a little bet. For the next seven days, monitor how much time you spend on social media. And for every minute you spend on social media, in response to it, spend the equivalent minute in God's word. And just see, by the end of seven days, how much time you feel like spending on social media. But also, look at the difference of the fruit between the two behaviors. Feeding on trash is not fuel. It is actually robbing you of fuel. A fool, the Bible says, feeds on trash. What is a good definition of trash? Here, here is how I would say we should look at trash. If something doesn't make you better, it by definition makes you worse. There's a portion of social media that can make you better. You can find better fashion. You can find a great sermon. You can find a good verse for the day. You can find good friends. You can find a good church. You can, there is a measure of good that can make you better. But at the point in which you cross over into the land of overindulgence, we have to remember it's making us worse. And only a fool feeds on trash. Here's the third and final behavioral umbrella of the fool. Point number three, a fool is dangerously unrestrained. A fool is dangerously unrestrained. Okay, two sub points here and, and then we'll be done. Here's the first one. The Bible says the fool has a runny mouth. Have you ever had a runny nose before? You know, anybody like me annoyed by runny noses? You know, where it's like every once in a while, it, it, you just like lean over in a meeting or something and all of a sudden your nose just starts like a faucet just releasing liquid, right? And when your nose is pointed up like mine, it's almost like it creates an angle by which that just flows out in front of everyone to keep you humble, okay? A runny nose is annoying, but you know what's much worse than a runny nose is a runny mouth. Now, I'm going to read you a verse of scripture that God made sure was included in his word, and it's kind of straightforward, all right? Let me read it to you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 6. Fools' words get them into constant quarrels. Okay, step back for a minute. How do you know that you're a fool? When you talk, you're constantly getting into quarrels. They are asking for a beating. Okay, a daddy wrote that. 
All right, that, that's, I mean, God the Father made sure this verse was in there. It's not abusive. He's going, when a fool runs his mouth and is constantly getting into quarrels, they are asking to be beaten by the person they're running their mouth to. Verse 7, the mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Have you ever been guilty of having a runny mouth? I know you're perfect and you, you didn't even need Jesus to die for you. But people like me, we really did and do. And I know there are at least a few of us at both campuses are watching this online where you've maybe in your marriage, you have been in, in an argument and you just want to drive your point home, right? And you know there's a boundary that God laid out that you're not supposed to cross but man, you're just on a roll and you just feel like bursting through that wall and letting it fly, right? I know I'm the only one that's ever done that before. And how many times at the end of my bitter little diatribe have I built the person I'm talking to up and how many times have I torn them down? Here's one of the worst things about a running mouth, that the longer it runs, the more it destroys. The longer my mouth runs, the more it destroys. A fool lets their mouths run. Now, here's what I've noticed about people with runny mouths. Most people with a runny mouth try to exit the conversation before the consequence. They try to exit the conversation, so they'll let their mouth run, 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 and then they just dart because they know their behavior is not godly, it's not honoring. They just wanna get it out and move aside. Okay, listen, we're all guilty of this from time to time, letting our mouths run a little bit too much. That's the behavior of a fool. Here's what we should remember for those of us who are guilty of this from time to time. We have control of our tongue. To try and say in the middle of that run, at the end of it, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He watched you do it. He celebrated you doing it, but he did not make me do it. I let myself do it. I am in control of my tongue. I know it's a difficult thing to control, but just because it's hard to control doesn't mean I shouldn't give my all in trying to control it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Then I better be careful just how far I let this tongue go when my mouth is running. And here's the last, and I don't want this one to step on toes, but uh, we've got to cover this last behavior as we talk about the behavioral umbrella of unrestraint. Here's the last subpoint. The Bible says a fool operates with unrestrained emotion. A fool operates with unrestrained emotion. Proverbs 29, verse 11. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. This, one of the words in the second half of this verse, 
the word picture associated with it means to carry a crying baby out of the room. A wise man carries the young baby. A wise woman carries the young screaming baby of emotion out of the room and deals with it. Okay, now I know we're living in a day where there's this false gospel going around that if you feel it, you should do it. If you think it, you should say it. Okay, that's not God's word. That is not God's word. Now, I am not saying that your feelings are bad. Feelings are a good thing. Being led by them is not. Well, Preston, how do I know I'm led by my feelings? You know you're led by your feelings when you are unrestrained in your feelings, in your emotions. Feelings aren't bad. Being led by them are. Let me go just a little bit further. Because if you're the kind of person that you feel that it's right to say that if I'm feeling it, even if it's all the way up here, if I'm feeling it, I should do it. I should say it. Then here's what you need to remember. Feelings are not a fruit of the Holy Spirit, but self-control is. Feelings are not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Self-control is. And listen, when we struggle with unrestrained emotion, here's what it's like. It's like handing the keys to the car of your life, jumping in the back seat, and letting that unrestrained, unhealthy driver drive wherever they want to go. And have you ever seen those progressive auto commercials where that guy like crashes everything? Here's what you need to know. That's how your unrestrained emotions drive. They crash into everything. Okay, now hear me. Venting is not a bad thing. What does the word venting means? mean? It means to open up, right? So talking about my feelings is a totally different thing than making you hurt with my feelings. Unrestrained emotion, usually the best evidence of it is it hurts somebody. It is possible to talk about your feelings without hurting anybody. It really is. You know what they call that? Healthy. You know what they call that? Maturity. What does a newborn baby do when they want something? Cry and kick and scream. When you go to the grocery store and you see a 43-year-old in aisle four looking for a can of green beans, have you ever seen them fall to the ground, start writhing, kicking and screaming out loud, where are the green beans? No. Okay, listen, I'm not trying to make light of anybody. But if when you're grocery shopping and you can't find the green beans, you won't behave like that. Why has it become okay to do that at home when no one but your loved ones, the people who love you most, are watching? Okay, hear my heart. I'm not trying to attack you, but I am trying to attack the fool in you and in me. The Bible is very clear that a fool gives full vent to their emotions. And listen, when you do, when I do, it isn't worth it. There is a more godly way. And think about this. This may mess with your theology just a little bit. But when we talk about 
being led by our feelings. Think about this for a minute. Go back to Jesus being in the garden that night before the crucifixion. If Jesus were led by his feelings, he never would have followed the Father to the cross. Think about that for a moment. He was led by his feelings for you. His feelings for his father, not his feelings for his own good, for what he wanted. For about 13 years, I worked at Gateway Church in Dallas. One of the greatest opportunities I've ever been given in my lifetime. And for years, until probably the last three, so for a solid decade, I had the privilege of sitting in rooms well beyond my level of authority at the church. I sat in elders meetings long before I was an elder. I sat in senior team meetings long before I was a senior team member. And here's my point. Because I sat there with no authority, I had no voice and no vote. So what does a wise person do sitting in a room filled with wisdom when they don't have a voice and don't have a vote? Here's what I chose to do. I chose to take the best notes I possibly could watching the behavior of the sage and the fool come out of every person in every room. And I'm so grateful that the Bible doesn't just say, here's how you become wise. I'm grateful that your heavenly father, my heavenly father loves me so much that he also says, hey, Preston, Here's how not to become a fool. To live a life of wisdom, you've got to be able to do both. You've got to be able to walk in wisdom, but also not live like a fool. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.